0: Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal and my guest is Eric Weimuller, motion picture distribution, production and development executive and independent producer. Today we will discuss Alamo Heights, the first royalty-free cross-cultural Tex-Mex cyber soap opera with content formatted for the internet and mobile devices. Eric's prior affiliations include Warner Brothers, Universal, National Lampoon, Alliance Atlantis, the WB Network, and Regency Television. Additionally, he established emerging media and technology businesses in digital effects and streaming video. He boasts of extensive international co-production experience. Most recently, he has committed his efforts to original ad-supported internet television production and distribution. He is also CEO of Zentropics, Inc., with offices in Austin, Texas and Vancouver, British Columbia. Eric, welcome.
1: Thanks very much.
0: For those who are unfamiliar with the topic, what exactly is Alamo Heights, and what's a cyber novella?
1: Alamo Heights, oh, it's Alamo Heights S.A., uh, which stands for San Antonio, um, is a an Internet television series, primarily, which means it has been shaped for uh, Internet television audiences uh, in short seven-minute episodes, but at the same time, because it's been produced in high definition and edited in high definition, we have the long-term library rights for both standard definition and high definition traditional distribution, which would be regular old-fashioned television. Uh, cyber novella is a term uh, that I believe it was uh, some, some blog from somewhere in South America picked up on, on the show and termed it a cyber novella, which is essentially a telenovela uh, delivered to Internet audiences.
0: And a telenovela, of course, is the Spanish term for a soap opera. Is that right?
1: It's... It's a soap opera, but it is a little different in that most of the stories are told um, and delivered on a daily or near-daily basis, and over a short period of time, perhaps four to six months, um, as opposed to traditional, let's say, U.S. network, weekly television, where uh, television series are designed, all of them, um, in the hope that you have to have a minimum of three years.
0: So Alamo Heights S.A. is much shorter in, in its delivery. In other words, not the 20-year terms of the traditional U.S. soap operas, but a shorter...
1: We We're, we're making up the rules as we go along. And what we did is we initially produced the first 12 episodes, which are online now um, at a number of different Internet sites and also at AlamoHeightsSA.com. We will be producing an additional 30 episodes, which combined with the pilot episodes are what we call the first season. So it would be 40, 42 episodes will be the what we call a season of Internet television. Now, I believe with with Alamo Heights S.A., uh, we will go on to produce possibly two to three additional seasons. Um, I, the stories, I think, can go that way. But that would mean that it would be released really between probably a six- and nine-month period online.
0: And when was it launched? Uh, we launched
1: in late November uh, with, with the first, episodes the, the pilot episodes um, just a week or so ago we put up the last of the pilot episodes and we are now because of some changes in cast and crew um, making revisions to the on the story level on the next 30 episodes before we go in to start shooting them which will ideally be by about the end of February
0: what language is it in
1: we shoot um in both English and Spanish, the cast um, is are all bilingual. and so the stories are written in English and then translated to Spanish. And we basically go on to the set. Um, generally, the English is shot first, and after we get that right, then we move on and, and shoot the Spanish scene on the same set. It's a very efficient method of shooting, um, and it gives us essentially twice as much content and reaching much larger audiences, or certainly homes where the homes themselves may be bilingual, split maybe between generations, but the same content can be watched in either English or Spanish.
0: Alamo Heights essay is also described as the first royalty-free cyber novella. What exactly does that mean?
1: Well, it's that this is delivered free to the audience. It's not subscription-based. I've had a long commitment to developing, well, long commitment in this business means about three years, to developing original episodic content for uh, online delivery that's to the end user, and that's done through a combination of advertising and product placement or combined product placement and advertising. But there's no cost to the end user, and there's no digital rights management uh, tools applied. The end user can copy the material and <clears throat> view it on any device they, uh, they, they prefer to use.
0: How is that different from the traditional telenovela or soap opera uh,
1: well I think the the difference really is is where we're delivering the content and that is that we're delivering high-end professional content online that is that is not subscription based um, and some of, some of the models, certainly in mobile uh, right now, are all that uh, you have to pay for your programming, similar to cable. And I think where, where we want to see Internet television is we're turning more to the old broadcast model where it is free to, to the consumer as opposed to cable or mobile where you're paying for subscriptions or, or to different premium channels or content.
0: Now, you talked about management, and you, if I understood correctly, said that consumers could take that content from one medium to the other without any restrictions. Right. A
1: lot of content that is delivered um, is, is either not downloadable um, is, or has digital rights management protections allowing you only to copy it Maybe one time, or it cannot be copied to different types of devices. Um, we don't, what we find is any content that audiences really want, um, if companies have put digital rights management tools on it, uh, somebody breaks it and then it's put up illegally somewhere else. The audience always gets it. And what we've done instead is said, we're putting it up. We do is we aggregate the metrics from all of the sites where, where Alamo Heights SA can be found. Uh, many of those sites are monetized through traditional advertising, which would be pre-roll or post-roll advertising, as well as the paid product placement uh, schemes that, that we include.
0: Other than your website, I thought you mentioned that it was available on other mediums. Would you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that?
1: Pretty much, doing a, a, a Google search under Alamo Heights, SA, or Cybernovella or Melodromedy uh, will lead you to the number of sites where people do find us. Um, it used to be that the discussion was all about how do you drive traffic to your site. In this case, people find us out on a number of different sites. Uh, we're on. Video sites include Guba, uh, Vio, Rever. Uh, there are some some clips on YouTube. Um, also AOL Uncut, uh, Grouper, Google Video. So we're found in a number of locations. One of the other places that uh, seems to have been attracting audiences to us, and where we put some episodes and some special supplemental video content up is over in MySpace, uh, so at myspace.com slash uh there's some videos over there, and people find us there, uh, community is building up there, and then they may jump off and go watch the episodes in any of the half-dozen or so other sites where you can find us.
0: Are these sites that receive the content from you, or are these commercial sites that just go get it from your website? And- no,
1: we, we manage all of of the um, video uploads to these sites. So they have... Yeah, that's, that's I think the difference. There's no reason for someone to steal our content and put it on there because we've already put it there.
0: You manage the distribution of the original content through authorized distributors? Yes. Although the general Public can access it and download it for their personal use. For commercial purposes, you have to be an authorized distributor.
1: Yes, to to, um, but like with any, I mean, it is copyrighted content. Exactly. With with any any content, um, if no one else can put it on and let's say make money off of it, unless they work through one of our affiliates that actually allows that, uh, both Brightcove. And Rever have uh, what are termed term syndication options so that a user, if they want to put Alamo Heights S.A. in English or Spanish, we run two channels through Brightcove, and they want to put that player on their site, um, we can approve syndicating the player onto that site, and then they actually receive a revenue share uh, from Brightcove. Uh, for that. Uh, rever.com does the, uh, does the same thing and so you can sign up to be a uh, syndication partner with Rever and put the video player or the episodes on your site, get a revenue share and then we do a revenue share on the back end with, with Brightcove and Rever. So we've had we do have our players in syndication now, uh, so that's where you know, there are probably another half dozen sites uh, where you may just run across our content where someone wanted to feature it, um, on their site or where people are putting essentially their own user created networks together.
0: Is anybody else doing this same kind of programming? I know you're the first, but is anybody else also doing this?
1: We're not, I'd, I'd say we're the first in, certainly in bilingual content. Um, we're the first that is, let's say, story-driven and cast-driven by mainly uh, his, Hispanic cast uh, and uh, that the works that way. There have been online episodic series produced. Uh, certainly the, the big one last year was Lonely Girl. Sam Has Seven Friends. Uh, there have been a few others that way. None of them were designed... To be revenue generating. Uh, none of them were shot in high definition, and certainly not at, at the budgets we produce at.
0: And none because, of them was
1: bilingual? No, none, none were bilingual. And certainly within the last, uh, I believe it was the end of November, early December, uh, we saw the, the reemergence of AOL Latino and iTunes Latino. Um, where now? I, at least a week or so ago, um, on the front page of iTunes Latino podcasts, they they had us featured a featured banner for the uh, Spanish channel podcasts of, of uh, Alamo Heights essay.
0: Who's your target audience?
1: I'd say it's eighteen to thirty female, um, and I've. It, it, it does seem that the primary audience uh, right now would be 18 to 30 female Hispanic, but it does really cross over. Um, one of the places we we get a sense of this right now is through the MySpace community. We, we've got a very eclectic audience as far as what, what we can tell right now.
0: Is it exclusive to the U.S., or are you seeing... Other countries represented in your audience
1: oh let's see the the last time I, I checked our web stats, which is the easiest place for me to get geographic IP data, so people actually coming to our site as opposed to perhaps consuming the video out through YouTube or something, but just giving us an estimate u um, s was the largest audience, um, Canada. For some reason, the Netherlands, Mexico, Australia, um, and then, you know, followed by about 20 other countries. Uh, but it, it was, Mexico seemed to be starting to increase over time. Uh, we actually had some of our crew from Mexico, and I think they've been uh, sort of chatting it up a bit, which is great.
0: What kind of audience numbers are we talking about, Eric? Um,
1: that's a good question we've in the in the initial pilot episodes internet video doesn't work like film and television where what you worry about is your first weekend or sometimes your opening night numbers uh... internet video takes time to percolate uh... sometimes months before the numbers start really really adding up quite honestly i haven't uh... aggregated our our metrics yet it's one of the things on the list to do uh, but what we used the first pilot episodes to do was to set up our channels so that people can start to find us. Um, it wasn't until mid to late December that we wound up, that we even got into iTunes podcasts. Um, iTunes Latino podcast, which pulls on the same feed, uh, but featuring us so people could find us, that wasn't until about two weeks ago. Uh, VO set up a separate channel for us. Well, I think we're one of about 16 featured channels. Uh, that was over the holidays. Uh, Rever just put us on as a featured producer on their home page. So the numbers in January will, I think, start to tell us what our real sort of initial numbers are.
0: Are you seeing? I know it's hard to track. The actual numbers of viewers, but are you tracking language preferences? And if so, are you seeing a particular preference for one language or the other?
1: Generally, um, because I think most of the audience is out of out of the U.S., uh, the the numbers have been higher on the English language side. That said, when uh, we were featured a uh, uh, featured series for, I think it was just for a day on, I believe it was Vio.com, and it was almost two-to-one Spanish language over English. Uh, From what we can see, there is, well, we know that, that there is a growing Spanish language online audience. There is very little video content, or certainly episodic video content. There's a bit of news, but not much beyond that. A little bit of music, maybe. So, you know, once once we got some prominence and and the whole thing about viral videos one person tells another, who tells another, who tells another, and it grows that way. Um, you know, I, I think we'll do quite well with the uh, with the Spanish language versions. And it's to some degree, I mean, the versions are different, and I think that's that's something that. Uh, some people will get it if you if you watch both there's subtleties between the two and I think it goes to um, some actors simply act better in one language or the other uh, The edit was slightly different to see what worked in Spanish compared to what worked in English um, because the Spanish was shot uh, after the English there was actually more rehearsal time for both the actors and the crew and some people say the Spanish-language version is better.
0: I understand that telenovelas have historically been very popular with Latinos in their countries of origin. Do soap operas show the same kinds of numbers? And if so, is this why you decided to do a production in both languages that was bicultural? Oh, I think
1: there are about three questions in there. Um, <laughs> first, to, to go, telenovelas, are a, a global phenomena now. I mean, certainly they were a South American, mainly South American, um, entertainment format. Uh, coming out of uh, NAPD last week and listening to telenovela producers from Argentina and, and Venezuela um, and looking at the global market, uh, telenovelas are massive um, entertainment properties in Eastern Europe, Russia, Korea, uh, and within the U.S., just in the past year, um, between uh, I think CW network with Fashion House and Wicked Games, or doing the adaptation of the novella to, to Ugly Betty, uh, they're becoming it's, it's mainstream entertainment now. So that you know, we were looking at it a year ago and thinking it's a good storytelling form. I also think it's a good storytelling form for short form episodic internet TV. And when I first met the uh, the executive producer of the show, Ricardo Cuellar, um, who was, actually he was at NAPPE a year ago, uh, looking for a traditional television deal on, on the concept. And I looked at it and... Sat down with them and then went to San Antonio and visited with them and, and said, I think it's, this is the type of content that can work really well in the Internet television space. And certainly, coming from NatP uh, from last week, where half the discussions there are about Internet television series and another big chunk of the discussions are about telenovelas worldwide, what we've done is really just marry the two together. And that's what Alamo Heights S.A. is.
0: What's it about?
1: It's a story of two families, uh, one in Texas and one in Mexico. And what they have is a lingerie empire. Uh, The design and distribution is is done from the U.S. and the manufacturing is is done in Mexico. Uh, To some degree, the... Uh, the apparel industry and, and NAFTA—it uh, it follows a lot of, let's say, business headlines of, of how these industries are working and some of the problems in in uh, in the Mexican apparel industries now, where really things are closing down and, and moving to China. Well, that sort of dynamic business dynamic is causing all kinds of problems for the two families as the next. Generation. The children of the parents who founded the the businesses start to take over the industry. And then there is a lot of romance and deceit and backstabbing and a little bit of illicit business going on, like any good novella should have.
0: From a marketing point of view, how do you and how did you from the beginning spread the word about Alamo Heights S A. And what did you do, if anything, different? in trying to reach the Spanish-dominant and the English-dominant markets?
1: We, in in the world of Internet video and viral video, um, we're, we're approaching this from more of a grassroots level than a top-down marketing or PR. I mean, quite honestly, our marketing and PR budget, I think, was something like $1,000. Um, but by virtue of having content delivery partners such as Brightcove and Rever and VO and Guba and Liberated Syndication, they all start trying to get the word out. Uh, and MySpace and MySpace communities um, are very good to start spreading the word. Um, and if people like it, they tell friends, and, and it expands from, from that level. So we've done... Uh, it's really been online grassroots marketing, which it's a slower approach, um, but I think it's got more stickiness for the, for the long term.
0: How do you measure the impact of your outreach efforts within that, and how can you even tell if the audience is accepting it? How do you decide to go to the next phase, in other words?
1: Uh, We get feedback, certainly, Um, and even, let's say, within some of the video communities, if people want to leave video feedback or audio feedback, uh, they can do that. Uh, They can post feedback on blogs, and they do all these things. And, and, you know, some people like some of the characters, some don't like some characters. Uh, So... We we start getting the the audience reaction. We also have, uh, we did go out in a standard television deal uh, through uh, LAT-TV in their five cities, uh, Phoenix, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, and we got some feedback through through them, which was generally very positive. So, you know, people... Audiences feel um, they're not so much an audience as, as much as a community and that they like to have their uh, their feedback heard and seen by others in the community.
0: From a business perspective, Eric, how do you make this viable? I assume that you've got professional actors and a whole crew and all of the expenses that come with production and distribution. How do you make this viable? And how do you get advertisers for something with such a broad distribution?
1: We produce these on you know we look we look at the marketplace um, not just in terms of what online revenues or let's say product placement or people can buy uh, uh, lingerie through our site that's featured on the show and we have some monetization of that uh, but because we come from the uh, traditional film and television world, and because we shot this and posted in high definition, we have traditional library rights, which are DVD sales, uh, the uh, the licensing to LATTV, other broadcasters, and, and international sales. Uh, I just had a call from a distributor in France uh, looking to acquire uh, the, the French rights. So because we produce on a... A, a fairly tight budget um, w- we feel it's economically viable to do um it, it is certainly if not one of the it may be the largest production budget for an independent online series or that's released first online uh, but th- but the economics still work in part because we have the traditional library rights to it. There's a second part to your question that i can't remember
0: advertisers.
1: Advertisers, um, in large part, we work through our content delivery partners, such as Brightcove, or Rever, or Guba. Um, they have large ad departments, and they bring advertisers in for the content that's running through their channels uh, that way. I do uh, work directly uh, with some advertisers and with product placement, um, and we can manage that our, ourselves. What I really want to see for the next set of episodes and hopefully multiple seasons is where we have a combined product placement and interactive ad unit, a type ad, uh, work together. Uh, This is something that uh, I'm working with our partners over at Brightcove on so that we can have product that is meaningful and and makes sense within the show and the audience enjoys, whether it it may be clothing um, or or health and beauty products, and that there also are incentives for the audience to click through to either get discounts or samples or get get contests, something that way. And I think that for original Internet television, the combined product placement with traditional ad units It's going to be how people actually can afford to make shows like this.
0: You also mentioned earlier on mobile devices. Is that cell phones that you were referring to?
1: Well, whether it's cell phones or iPod video or any of the other sort of mobile video players, people generally think of cell phones. We're looking. I'm looking right now at what we do uh, for the uh, the mobile. Let's say for the cell phone on this. Uh, there are different opportunities. Unfortunately, North America is far behind Europe and China when it comes to good quality and good experiences with mobile video. Uh, so it's not an, an urgent matter for us right now, but there has been some interest in people being able to to get the content on directly on their cell phones. Uh, I think with the new uh, iPod phone or iPhone, uh, if they can keep that trademark name, um, there may be some really good opportunities there. But again, what we'd like to do is make sure we deliver this content even to mobile audiences without any cost to the audience, where right now most of what they acquire is through a, a subscription basis.
0: Would that be similar, for example, to what we do with this podcast, which is available through a third party for download to your phone, but there is, as far as I know, there is no cost to the to the user other than whatever you have to pay your phone company to enable the phone and having a phone that has that kind of memory.
1: Yeah, there, there is not, um, if, if you're going out through, uh, there are a couple of companies who have uh, audio RSS to mobile available. Um, that isn't it isn't there broadly for video yet. The technology is there; it's it's being applied and tested in different places. But you you can't uh, just subscribe to a to an RSS feed on your mobile phone and get get the video through yet.
0: So it's in the not, works. Not
1: broadly, anyway.
0: Okay. What do you see in the future when you look at your crystal ball?
1: I see hundreds if not thousands of interesting episodic series being produced from different locations around the world and different people expressing different voices um, and really a change that, that exists somewhere between what's called, you know, like the YouTube's user-generated content and the old model of the big networks or studios. And potentially, uh, it, it could be a very creative time for, for filmed entertainment.
0: Are you specifically planning on working on other cyber novellas or episodic works Targeting Hispanic consumers,
1: Ab- absolutely. Um, I'm I'm through my companies in Tropics. Um, we are developing additional series. Um, some are uh, within, let's say, the, the same uh, sort of structure as Alamo Heights SA, which would be bilingual series. Um, I like the format a lot. I I think that the Uh, Even the editing process was just fascinating having an English language and Spanish language editing suite side by side what happened was we wound up with both a better English and better Spanish cut because we had the two working to some degree in competition with each other but it was a friendly competition Um, so I think it's it's a, a very good place to be I like the stories we're also looking at, at other series um, which you know m- may not be specific to Hispanic audiences, but I think that they would be more general entertainment-based, which would cro- be cross-cultural audiences. A good story should appeal to anyone. Um, Alamo Heights SA happens to have a 95% Hispanic cast and does touch certainly on, on Hispanic-themed storylines. But it's also, at the end of the day, it's a story about family, love, relationships, um, and a good story should, should cross over to just about any audience.
0: What advice would you share, Eric, with our listeners? Say your top three tips for marketers and communicators who are trying to break into the Latino market. What would you say to them? Oh,
1: dear. Um... I, I would I would recommend working to some degree in the online video space. I think that it is a highly um, uh, it, it's a, it's a wide open market with good audiences, uh, good good numbers, um, uh, the type of demographic that advertisers like, and it's it's really a very uncluttered space right now. Uh, I said, if you go to iTunes Latino podcast, there's virtually nothing in in there, um, and I, I believe advertisers, marketers, um, and whether it's music or film or other entertainment, it's it's a very good place to be working.
0: In terms of actually reaching those consumers. You mentioned that your campaign had been mostly grassroots. Would you advise, just for general purposes, not only specific to a cyber novella, that to be the most effective tool?
1: I, I think if it works, it's the most effective tool. Um, if if you have a, a budget to go out and and buy your audience. Uh, you know, you can spend a million dollars and, and bring five million people to, to your site for a weekend. Maybe on, on some, some shows that works. Uh, certainly it is, it is the old entertainment marketing approach. I think online audiences and consumers are a bit more savvy now. Um, and I, I think it's better if they start forming their own communities around content. Um, they become loyal that way. Uh, they may give you feedback you don't want to hear, but they feel they've got a right to do that, and, and it does make it interesting. So, yeah, I, I would say the grassroots approach, it takes a little bit longer, but I, I, I like it.
0: Are there any aspects of reaching out to these audiences online that are significantly different from other projects that you've been involved with. Well, I—I I,
1: I mean, I've been involved in in film and television for for quite some time, uh, many many years. It's it's night and day. They're, they are two different businesses, and yet we're delivering the same essential medium. We're delivering film to entertainment. Uh, I I. Again, I I don't think you can buy yourself an online audience. I think they have to find you and want to be part of of that online community now. That's what MySpace and Facebook and all that are about. It's it's about people being where they want to be, accepting advertising um, that is really targeted to them um, as opposed to, let's say, just sort of thrown at them, um, and it may not have have any relevance to them. Uh, that's that's what people want to see.
0: Sort of customized, but available for broad distribution.
1: Yeah.
0: Eric, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate this.
0: And to our audience, thank you for listening to Eric. Muller, motion picture distribution production and development executive and independent producer about the cyber novella Alamo Heights S.A. brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at com. That's editor at com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.HispanicMPR.com.